it is. We're talking about be strong in the grace life. Now, last week we talked about the grace life. Today we are saying to you, be strong. Come on, say it with me. Be strong in the grace life. Now, we gave you a lot this morning. We're not going to be able to go back over that this morning. We went over some things that was really good for you to show you that everything, everything. I gave you that in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Everything that God gave you, he gave them cities that didn't build. They gave them houses that did not build. They gave them vineyards and olive yards and vineyard, all trees. They didn't plant. They, otherwise, you didn't do nothing is what he's trying to show you. Everything they got, God gave it to them. All right, and that's the attitude that we want to be in uh, this morning, amen? That's what everything starts with, be, be, be. That's the be attitude. The attitude you need to be in, in God's kingdom, amen? We call it the grace life. It's the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, dear son. You are in the kingdom of God now. Isn't that something? Amen. amen. So that means you need to act like you're a citizen of the kingdom of God. Amen. Say, I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. I'm a citizen of heaven. That's what you are. You're already a citizen of heaven. You're not going to heaven. You got born of the spirit. You became a citizen. All right. That means this is your, where you live. Amen. All right. <clears throat> now, what I want to do now, I want to go to, because I told you to be strong in the grace. Uh, this morning, I gave you uh, a lot of things that I thought was really worthy. I gave you the, your walk. I'm not going back that you look at it. It says walk worthy. Everything I gave you Ephesians 4 1. I gave you Ephesians 5 2. I gave you Galatians 5 16. I gave you 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 11 and 12. I gave you 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1. I gave you Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 and 13 through 13. Everything was walking worthy. Now, why am I doing that? I'm walking worthy of the Lord, you see? So that's my responsibility in the New Covenant. Old Covenant, they had to keep the commandments. New Covenant, you have to walk worthy, walk worthy. Let's give you a couple of those. Uh, First Thessalonians 4.1, just one. And then I do Colossians chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. Just those two. Showing you have to walk worthy. You got to walk worthy. You got to learn that principle, walking worthy. Now, remember, we are saved by grace. We are already not worthy of what God has given us. He just wants us to act like it, live like it, walk worthy. That's 1 Thessalonians. When you get this, say amen. Just walk worthy. Did I give you a verse already? 4 and 1. There you go. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 1. Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus Christ, here it is, that as you have received of us how you ought to, there it is, walk and to please God. Now, why did he want you to walk worthy? So you can abound more and more. Now, what does he mean by that? Colossians chapter 1. So if you walk worthy of the Lord, God can continue to give, continue to abound in your grace. See, God just don't want you to be in a grace. He wants you to abound. He wants you to grow, all right? Grow in, the, grow in grace, grow in wisdom, grow in knowledge, everything. But you do that as you walk, as you live your Christian life. All right, Colossians chapter 1 and verse number 9. We're going to look at that verse. It says, for this cause also, Paul says, since the day we heard it, talking about since he heard that they was born again, we do not cease to pray for you and the desire that you might be filled. This is why you need a teacher. 
Not just a preacher, but a teacher. A preacher is who I am. A, 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 a teacher is who I am. I have a gift of pastor teacher. And, and to say that means God is teaching me the Bible. That is my ministry to you, is to teach you. And that's why that is so important. It says in, in, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, to be filled with knowledge. This is what I do, must do to your life. I must fill you with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. I'm to bring you to a place of understanding. Why? Verse number 10, that you walk worthy. See, if I give you the word of the Lord and teach you the word of the Lord, you, your job is to walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and in increasing in the knowledge of God. So that's what a teacher does. I'm a pastor. I'm a teacher. I can teach you the word. That word to teach means to instruct you. See, I'm an instructor. I'm an instructor. You know, I don't like to dwell on the word professor. That's fine. I like the word pastor and teacher. Uh, okay. And also, uh, that's what the teaching of the God word does. It guides you. That's what it does. That's what God word does. It guides you. All right. It directs you. It advises you. All right. It puts you into mind of God's doctrine. It puts you into God into mind. It put God's doctrine and truth in your mind. All right. Now, I showed you the Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy 2 7, he's a teacher of the Gentile. And that's what he was. He's a preacher, he's a preacher for as who he was. He's an apostle who he was, but he's a teacher of the Gentile. Now, you think about this morning when I say a teacher of the Gentile, teacher of a person who knew nothing about the Bible. And the only way you can do is teach them. See? And that's what, what Jesus Christ was so popular in his ministry. He went about teaching them. See? And they were, and he had all kinds. Let me give you a, a good example of that this morning. I have it this morning. I'm going to give it to you now. Uh, look at Acts chapter 8, verse 26 through 38. Look at Acts now, this is a good definition of the word teach, uh, the book of Acts. And we're going to go to chapter number eight. And let's show you this because this is, this is I think this is a very, very good one the Spirit of God gave me uh, this morning. From the book of Acts chapter number eight. And I want to look at verse 26. Acts chapter eight and verse number 26. Now, here's a person that had already been to the, uh, the funeral of the Lord Jesus Christ, or Jesus Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. He didn't know all that then, but he had already been to church. And verse 26, Acts 8, 26, uh, And the angel of the Lord spake to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and he went, and behold, a man of Ethiopian, and, and a eunuch, a, a great authority, under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had the charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. And the Bible says he's returning and sitting in his chariot, he read of the prophet Isaiah, which is the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah. And what the scripture says, then the spirit said to Philip, that he was reading Isaiah, chapter 53. The spirit said to him, go near, join yourself to this chariot, so Philip ran to him and heard him read of the prophet Isaiah and says, understand what thou read it? Now here's a perfect picture. Do you understand what you read it? 
And the Bible says, and he said, how can I accept some man should guide me? Now, you, you hear this real good. You'll see what the word teach means. How can I accept some man should guide you? So that's what I do when I'm teaching you the word of God. I'm guiding you through the scriptures. That's all I'm doing. It's, uh, how can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. And verse 32, the place of the scripture which was read with this. He was led of a sheep to the slaughter. So we know that in Isaiah chapter 53, right? He was led of a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shears, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, in his judgment, was taken away. Who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and says, I pray thee, what speaking the prophet this? Who is he talking about, himself or some other man? Who is he talking about, himself or some other man? And, and he said to him, I'm sorry, verse 13, in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who shall declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth? The eunuch answered Philip and says, I pray thee of whom speaketh this man of himself or some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached. King James used the word preach, but it really means teach. And teach unto him Jesus. Now isn't that something? He taught him about Jesus. And as they went on that way, they came to a certain water. And the eunuch says, see, here's water. What does hinder me to be baptized? See, this is what people, when they, when they tell you about you can be saved by water baptism, remember what he taught him, Jesus. He didn't teach him about Christ. That's what people don't understand. See, I preach and I teach you Christ. He taught Jesus. When you teach Jesus, you're teaching Mary's baby, born in Galilee, Bethlehem, Judea. You're teaching the earthly ministry of Jesus Christ, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He is the Son of God. You're not preaching Christ. He's Lord. He's on the throne of God and all, everything he's done. See, that's the difference in my ministry and this guy's ministry. Watch what he says. And who, who is he talking about? He preached to him Jesus. You see that? Not Christ, but Jesus. Paul preached Christ, not Jesus. Remember Paul said, we know no man after flesh, but that's Jesus. All right? We used to know him after flesh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, but now we know him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So otherwise, I preach Christ. I don't preach Jesus. And that's the key what people got to understand. So when you have a problem saying in Christ's name, you don't have to just say in Christ's name. Just say in Christ. Because that's where you are. Ah, oh, you didn't get it. So you, you can close your prayer. Father, I thank you. In Christ Jesus. Call, call, that's where you are. You are in Christ now. You, don't, you are not in his name. You're in the person. All right. Let's move on. Now in verse number 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and began the same scripture and preached to him Jesus. And as they went on that way, they came to a certain water. See, here's water. What does it hinder me to be baptized? Watch what Philip going to say to him. If you believe, not Christ's death, bed, and resurrection, because that's how you say if we believe with, the, with all your heart that thou mayest, and he says to him, I believe, watch this, that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. See, that's what they believe in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's what the gospel of the kingdom is. That's what Peter was given in Matthew 16 and 13 through 18. 
who the Son of Man is. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. See, preaching, preaching to them before the cross, they had to believe Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. So, but your gospel is 1 Corinthians 15, you believe in Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. How many can see the difference? All right, that's how you know you're saved. And once he said he believed that they went down both into the water and he baptized. So you see why we don't baptize no more? Baptism accompanied them because they believed Jesus Christ, the Son of God. You're not believing Jesus Christ, the Son of God. You believe in Christ died for your sins and he was buried and God raised him from the dead. First Corinthians chapter 15, 1 through 4. And when you believe that, God gives you the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 1, 13. All right, that's how you believe. But you know what? People are going to believe what they want to believe because they rather believe denomination than they believe the Bible. Let me go and show you that. First Corinthians 15. See, people don't know it has to do with your soul. You can't lose your soul because mom or daddy was wrong. I'm not going to hell because my mom and daddy was wrong. If they missed it, they missed it. But I'm not going to, I know my mom was saved. My mom was in this ministry until she was 94 years old. Believe me, I asked I ask her, talk to her about salvation every day I see her. All of us pretty much. So we make sure, sure mama would. Man, I'm telling you, I'm, I, you know, I think about my mother. I can see how far she came. You pick the phone up, and my mother got so you pick the phone up, she said, I'm blessed. She wouldn't even say another word. She said, I'm blessed. Yes, sir, brother. All right. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, this is how you say Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel Paul said, which I preach to you, which also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved. Watch what he says. If you keep in memory what I preach to you, what Paul preached Christ to us, unless you have believed in vain. Then I delivered unto you that which I also received. So he tell you, I'm showing you how I got saved, how Christ died for our sins. See, this is after the cross. How Christ died for our sin. Well, he was crucified according to the scripture. He was buried and then he rose again the third day according to the scripture. Let's go to Ephesians 1.13. So when you believe this, then God gives you the Holy Spirit. It's not like it was in the Old Covenant. In the Old Testament, they laid hands on, this, on people to receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came up on them. See, we are talking about receiving the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And you can't nobody lay their hands on your head and get you the Holy Ghost in your heart. That don't work no more. All right, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13 says on the screen, in whom you also trusted after you heard the word of truth. See, that's why we got to know what the word of God is that we preach. It's the gospel of Christ called the word of truth. The, gosp the gospel of your salvation, the Bible called it. In whom also after you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. See, God gave you the Holy Spirit of promise when you believe Christ died for your sins, he was buried, and God raised him from the dead. And people, that is so simple, it's called the simple truth. And verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance, that's what salvation is, unto the redemption of the person possession, unto the praise of his glory. Now, what I want to do today is I want to go back to 2 Timothy 2.1, because the Bible said, be strong in the grace. Now, you got to really hear what the Bible says. He said, be strong, but he told you where to be strong at, in the grace. But we got to know what is the grace that's in Christ Jesus. I'm going to give you about nine of them right now. You got your pencil, your paper. Number one, Acts 24, 24. 
I'm going to run through these and string and see can they keep up with me. Acts chapter 24 and 24. Be strong in the grace. What is he talking about, pastor? Be strong in the grace. Acts 24 and verse 24. I'm headed to my message. Be strong in the grace. Acts chapter 24 and verse number 24. And after certain days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ Jesus. So when God tells you to be strong in, in the grace, what is he talking about? Be strong in Christ. Be strong in the faith. He's telling you what's in Christ that you've got to be strong in. First, you've got to be strong in the faith. Let me show you that one more time. Colossians chapter 2, verse 5. You got to be strong in the faith. You didn't have anything to preach for the day. You got something to preach. If you can take good notes. I gave you a message in a nine o'clock service. Gave you a message in an 11 o'clock service. All you got to do is know what, the, what they are. I'm giving you the message. Colossians chapter two and verse five. Told you got to be strong in the grace. What does it mean to be strong in the grace? Colossians two, five. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit, joy beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. He told you what the grace of God in Christ is. It's his faith. So if you're going to be strong in the grace, number one, you got to be strong in the faith. All right, let's go to another. Romans chapter 9, verse 1. Romans chapter 9, verse 1. All you do is take that little pencil and just... Right till it's empty and go to the storehouse and get you another. Romans chapter 9, verse 1. I say the truth in Christ. I say the truth in Christ. If it's in Christ, it's got to be grace. Be strong in the grace that's in Christ. Well, I know what's in the grace here. It's the truth. You got to be strong in the truth. You got to know the word. It's called the word of truth. Let's look at one more. 1 Timothy 2, 7. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 7. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 7. I gave you that one earlier. I'm going to give it to you again. Verse number 7 says, Who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Verse 7, I'm sorry. Where until I ordain a preacher and apostle, I speak the truth in Christ. So if he, he speaks the truth in Christ, what do what you got to be strong in? In the truth. The truth is the grace. So when God tells you to be strong in the grace, number one I gave you is faith. All you do is just write them down. Number two, I gave you is truth. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 10. We are fools, Paul says, for Christ's sake. But you are wise in Christ. Why? That's wisdom. So I showed you another thing in Christ. It's God's wisdom. You are honorable, but we are despised. Even unto this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and do naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place. So Paul told you in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 10, the wisdom of God. That's who Christ is, the wisdom of God. Let's look at one more, verse 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 15. For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, you have not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Where you think the gospel is, is in Christ. That's why you preach Christ, you preach the gospel. Isn't that something? That's what the truth is. God's wisdom is in. God's strength is. It's all in Christ. Let's also look at 1 Corinthians 15, 19. 
You right there. 1 Corinthians 15, 19. You got to be established. That's what you got to understand. It's not enough to be in Christ. You got to be established. If you are being strong in the grace life, you got to be established in the grace life. This is how you have to live. This is how you have to speak. You have to watch over your words in your mouth. Watch over your life. Other stuff don't get into your life, in your heart. All right. First Corinthians chapter number 15, verse 19 and 21. Two verses. Verse 19 says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, so where's hope? It's in Christ. So the hope has to be God's grace. Because you got God's grace, you got hope. Hope is in Christ. We are all men most miserable if you don't have hope. All right, let's look at verse 21. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. So we know the resurrection. The resurrection is in Christ. That's who Christ is. You are in the resurrection. You are in Christ. You got to understand, Jesus said, I'm the resurrection. Resurrection is not a place. Resurrection is a person. All right, let's look at one more. You established in Christ. That's 1 Corinthians 15, verse 19 and 21. Told you about being established. All right. 1 Corinthians, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 2.14. 2 Corinthians 2.14. One of my favorite, favorite ones here of anything such as favorite. 2 Corinthians 2.14. Now thanks be to God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. What's another word for triumph? Victory. Thank you. You need to write that down. Your victory is in Christ. You're not trying to get a victory. God got the victory and put the victory in Christ. That's why in Christ you already got the victory. So you're not here trying to win a war. It's already been fought, already been won, and God put the victory in you. Christ is proof, proof in you that you already got the victory. So whatever you're trying to overcome in life, you are an overcomer already. Now, thanks be to God, was always, not sometimes, always calls us to triumph in Christ and make it manifest in the Savior of his knowledge by us in every place. That's why we're supposed to talk about him everywhere we go. All right, here's another one, 2 Corinthians 3, 14. You enjoying the word? 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 14. I got to be able to minister to all those people out there. I got to make sure they're getting this word. Every time they think about it, they're going to stand up and burp. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14. Paul said, but their mind was blinded until the day, un until this day remained in the same veil, untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which is, which veil is done away in Christ. What is he talking about the veil is done away in Christ? He's talking about this word liberty. Let's show it to you in Galatians 5.1. See, once the veil was taken away, they had freedom. There's no veil. There's no law. No law gives you freedom. Galatians 5.1 will spell it out. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Victory. You already got that in Christ. 2 Corinthians 2, 14. Liberty. Galatians 5 and verse 1. See, you already got this stuff. You got to know what it is. You're not trying to get a victory. You already got the victory. Trying to put the devil under my feet. You already got the victory, man. Let's save your shoes. Galatians 5 and 1. Galatians 5.1 said, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. 
I'm sorry, I'm in Ephesians. Galatians 5 and 1. Stand fast. We're going to give you some definition for that word in a minute. Stand fast. Stand fast in the liberty. You're already in freedom now. You don't have to be walking around here singing, we're going to overcome. See, see y'all, I know you, you, you can't say that. You can't be singing, we shall overcome if you are an overcomer. See, what you're doing is you accept, you're trying to join the gang and sing what the folks saying. Them folks need to be in Christ. You don't want to say amen. I'm going on anyway. See, I'm already, I overcome when I came in Christ. Christ made me an overcomer. Let me read it again. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. See, you can join a gang, you can walk the street, and you can do all your stuff, but if you're not in Christ, you still ain't free. Paul was free in prison, locked up behind prison walls, and he wrote you the book of Galatia that he's free. <laughs> I love it. Because you're not free to in Christ. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. That's why some of y'all think we're going to go back to water baptism. Listen to me. Never, 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 never. Well, maybe we're going to start doing communion. We still got the cup. Never, never, never. We're never going back. As much as God can show me to get away from, I'm going away from and staying away from. So you, if you're waiting for us to go back, forget it. <coughs> Praise God. Maybe pastor made a mistake. Never. So you can say what you want to say. Let's keep going. We got a new life in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Got a new life. Oh, I'm enjoying my life. You can sit around here and worry all day if you want to. I'm enjoying my life. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, where are you today? I need to hear your voice. If you're in Christ, give the Lord a great big hand and praise. Why should I do that? Because I'm a new creature. Some of y'all don't understand. One day we're going to talk about the thing, a new creature. If you're a new creature, I'm not the old soul you used to know. That old soul. I'm not that old soul no more. I'm a new creature. A new creation means God gave me a new soul. God made me a new man. I don't think y'all understand. See, you can't, it's hard for some of y'all to grasp. Because you think you're the same old person. You just went to church one day and started being a believer. No, God gave you a new heart. He gave you a new mind. He gave you a new life. He gave you a new spirit. He made everything new. You just can't see it. So what happened when you try to be the old you? Y'all know old me. Well, old me need to get saved and become a new man. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if any man, somebody said, that's me. If any man be in Christ, that's me. He's a new creature. The word creature means creation. We mean God only created twice. He created Adam. He created even Adam. And then he created Christ. So God created you in Adam, the old Earl, the old man, the old soul, old soul. See, he created me in Christ, a new soul. 
So I got to understand, I'm a new man. I'm a new creation. Old things passed away with the old man. See, some of y'all still, well, what about all that stuff? It passed away with the old man. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things, I like the way he said it, didn't say something. All things are become new. God Almighty, that just, woo, that's good to me, man. That's my new life. Look at Ephesians 1. Oh, hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. See, everything we got is new. That's why it's so hard for some people when they get a new car. They don't go, they don't go much anymore. They sit around on the porch, look at the new car. Man, you better get out and drive it. I'm going to tell you, one day I bought a car from a woman. Won't call her name. It's been sitting up in, the, in her garage for a long time. Boy, I liked that car. Had them very crushed, very seats. I bought that car. You know, I, it, I know the Lord probably tell me, you don't need that car, but you know, man, that's a nice car right there. Been in that garage probably 10 years, never been driven. Will I move on? That didn't last long. I'll leave it like that. Yeah, that didn't last long. Yes, sir. At the end, I put a brand new engine, everything else. And, I mean, I got sure I called my daughter in St. Louis. I said, y'all want a car? I already got a brand new engine. I said, you come here, I'll let you drive it home. Her husband came here and drove it back to St. Louis. Yes, sir. I learned. I don't need nothing. I don't need. <laughs> Hallelujah. I said, I don't need nothing that I don't need. <laughs> Y'all catch on later. Sometimes you have to ask yourself, do I need that? Some things are a lot of trouble. You have to leave it alone. No, just leave that alone. Watch this here. The next life is, is the, is the uh, spiritual blessings. Now remember, God has done all this in Christ. When God said be strong in the grace, he's talking about being strong in all the spiritual blessings that's in Christ. See, be strong in love. Just don't love, be strong in it. See, don't just believe, be strong in it. When you're strong in something, you're not easy to be, to be, to be persuaded. When you're strong in something, what you believe, can't nobody come up and just tap you on the shoulder. Okay, I don't believe it no more. Nah. Be, blessed be the God and Father. Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. I know what he's done. He blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places and in Christ. So I know in me, I know in Christ that's in me, it's the blessings of all spiritual things. I have, I've been blessed with all spiritual things. I may not operate in them like I should to the fullness, but I do have them in Christ. Somebody say amen. And, if, and everything is tied to my walk. I got to walk worthy of the Lord, so all this other stuff will operate in me. Somebody say amen. amen. That's what I got to do. I got to walk with Let's do one more. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6. Last one. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 6. Oh my God, I want to get everything to you in one day. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 6. That the Gentile, Ephesians 3, 6, that the Gentile should be fellow heirs. Look at somebody say, I'm a fellow heir. I'm of the same body. Look at somebody and say, we are the same body in Christ. And the Bible said, we are partakers of his promise. Now listen, no S, Holy Ghost. 
We'll partake of his promise by the gospel. We'll partake of his promise in Christ by the gospel. So when I believe Christ's death, death, and resurrection, I became partake of the Holy Ghost. I'm a, I took my part. I got my part. I don't have all, but I got my part. You got the Holy Ghost, I got the Holy Ghost. I have as much as Holy Ghost as you got. You got as much as Holy Ghost as I got. So you can't look around and say, oh, he got more Holy Ghost than I got. No, 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 no. There's only one Jesus. I got the same Jesus you got. Look at somebody and say, I got the same Jesus you got. Yeah, I got the same Christ you got. I got the same grace you got. I got the same wisdom you got. I got the same knowledge you got. I got the same love. But the key is, walk worthy. You got to walk in the thing. Walk in it. The more you walk in it, it will abound. It grows as you walk in it. Grows as you walk in it. That's how you have to do. As you walk in the things of the Spirit, then those things begin to grow and multiply. God, that's how God fixed them. Hallelujah. That's why I'm talking about teaching. I'm, I'm to instruct you. I'm to, to guide you and direct you and advise you. Put this truth into your heart and mind. Somebody say amen. As you walk worthy of the Lord. Somebody say amen. Now let's go to work here. I'm just getting so I can go to work. My God, that's how much word I got for you. Hallelujah. I gave you this morning, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 10 through 12. I'm not going back there. I gave you Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 8 through 15. Get this morning tape. Then I gave you Deuteronomy chapter 9. The, 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 the people that were in the promised land, God put them out. So God told Israel, I'm not putting you in the promised land because you've been so good. I'm putting them out because they've been so wicked. Uh, and I need somebody to occupy till I come. Hallelujah. So that's what you got to do. God put you in a new life because the people who were there were wicked. So isn't that awesome? Now, you got to be strong. Now, being strong, you got to be content. I gave you another word for being content this morning. That word being content, number one, means satisfied. Oh, Lord. If God could just find people that's not coveting after somebody else's stuff, I'm satisfied with what I have. Come on, look at somebody and say, I'm satisfied already. If you got Christ, you ought to be satisfied. I don't need your wife. I don't need your husband. I'm satisfied with what I have. Thank you. Hallelujah. Some of y'all didn't say nothing. That's all right. Somebody said to be steadfast means satisfied. No, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Content. Said to be content means I'm satisfied. Right. I'm happy with what I have. I appreciate what I have. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I, I, I may not be able to drive that, that number six. My sister down here drive a Cadillac six. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not mad at her. I mean, I got a sister on the front row over here drive a, what you call a sanctuary. I'm not mad at her. That's what they call, that's what they call her car, sanctuary. You know, I see y'all, I, I see y'all pull up on the parking lot. I'm not mad at you. I'm glad, that, I'm glad I'm your pastor. I got sister, I got sister, I got sister on my left hand and the right driving Range Rovers to church. Amen. I'm glad I'm your pastor. I'm not hating on you. Hey, listen, I'm just glad you got something to ride. Praise the Lord. When you see somebody else being blessed, be glad for them. That's my point. Don't hate on them. Man, I walk out on the parking lot, some, I look out there, and I see Cadillacs in. Hmm. 
all over the place. All kind of, brother right here drive the Cadillac with the hump. I always call him the hump in it. Brother Yance. I'm not angry with you. I'm glad for what God is doing in your life. That's how you gotta be. Don't, don't hate on nobody because you see them driving something. I don't have mother sister. Mother sister here back from Greece yet. So I got a girl back here from Greece when she get back. She, she just, she hurts your feeling probably. Huh? She said, look, Pastor, I just gave my Cadillac truck to my son. I just got another one. I said, what you do, girl? Oh, yeah, I got, I got another. I gave that one to my son. I ain't, look, don't hate on people. I'm glad to see that kind of stuff. Look, when God been good to you, you ought to tell somebody. Hallelujah. And don't be ashamed of how God blessing you. Don't be apologizing. You just, just, just learn to be a worshiper and let people know God is good to me. Somebody say amen. You know, I got a couple people in this ministry right now don't know. You wouldn't even believe that Sister Vanessa right there got 30, how many years you got? 35 years, General Motors. You wouldn't even think it. 35 years. Over here, how many years you got? 33 years, General, at Ford Motor Company. I was going to give it to General Motors, but I wouldn't do that. See, people don't realize they just sit here quiet and never say a word. See, God is good to people. <sighs> let, me, let me move on. So I got I to go. Can't play with y'all no more. Somebody say amen. All right. Now, being steadfast. Steadfast, I want to give you that definition. So you got to be strong. You got to be content. Content means satisfied, happy, appreciating. You're grateful. See, that's a powerful word, grateful. And you're thankful. Amen. That's how you have to be in Christ. I want to give you this, this one called Philippians chapter 4, verse 10. This, this is another one of my favorites. You know it's all of my favorite. I just got a favorite Bible. Philippians 4.10. I love everything God says to me. Amen. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 10. Let me show you something. This morning I gave you be content. And I gave you how Paul was, how he was content. But I want to show you another place. Philippians 4.10, what he talked about. How he talked about being content. See, we got to come to a place where we just plain old thankful. We're content. We're content with what we have. You know, my heart rejoiced, and I know y'all rejoice with me, rejoice with me, and I want her to stand, because I know, I know I'm, this may be hard for her, but I want her to do it anyway. You see that lady right side, Levine, on her right-hand side? I want you to stand up on your feet. Now, she'll take five minutes before she realize what I'm talking about. But even want somebody on Levine, right-hand side. <laughs> see this young lady? This is one of my daughters. How long have you been in this ministry, darling? Since she was 17 years old. How many children do you have now? She got eight kids. Listen, listen to me. She's been in this ministry since she's 17. How old is your youngest child now? 19. Her youngest child is 19 years old. Now, every, if you've been in this church a long time, you know that young lady right there. I'm so glad to see you here. You, if you watch her face, if you look at her face, she can't stop laughing. You know why? She got back into her grace life. 
that's what it is. She got back in the grace light. Man, I just, I, my heart, I just, I just see her just, this is what it's all about. It's an awesome thing. The youngest child now, 19, 19 years old. She was 17 she came to this ministry. See, that's, that's Sister Lavina. She married Sister Lavina's brother. Huh? <laughs> that's your neck. That's your. That's your what? That's your sister. Don't they look alike? Look at her. <laughs> but you know what? Those are my daughters. Damn, Sister Lavina. See these girls. How long you been here, Lavina? 31 years. Wow. See, you know, you know why I call them my daughters? Because I've, I, I've been with them when they went through their hurt. There's a whole lot of you here like that. Her mother used to go here. She left her with me. Sister Crump. Am I right? And that's how I deal with my sister Shelton there. She, I feel like I'm her father. That's how I feel. That's how I act. Like you all are my own kids. So when I come here to minister this word, thank you, Sister Levine. When I come here to minister the word, I'm ministering to my children because I see them all over the church. God leaves them here. I'm talking about my oldest son back there on the wall. That's the oldest one. Hello, son. He's, see the one all the way back on the wall back there? He walking away. He cry all day. If I come with you, if I call him with you, night, start crying. But that's how. This is what. This is how. This is what's gonna get you here. This is what's gonna keep you right here. That's my responsibility. My responsibility is to make sure I give you the word. Philippians chapter number four. What verse? Verse ten. Let's read it together. Paul said, "I rejoice." I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now in the last your care of me has flourished again. Wherein you were careful, would you like the opportunity? Not that I speak in respect or want. Paul said, I'm not telling you I need anything. I'm letting you know where I am. I have learned in whatever state I am there to be content. Paul said, I have come to a place that I have learned. See, you gotta come to a place that you gotta learn. Whatever, whatever life have given you, you gotta learn how to be content. You gotta learn how to be content with such things as you have. Because he's the ultimate prize in your life. You got him, you, go, you got everything else. All right, look at verse 11. Verse 12 says, I know both how to be abased I know how to abound. So he's talking about, look, I know how it is to not have anything. And I know how it is to have everything. When in all things I'm instructed. See, that's what, the, that's what teaching does. I'm instructed both to be full. I'm taught how to act when I'm full. And I'm taught how to act when I'm hungry. Both to abound and to suffer need. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Come on, say it. Well, I can do all things through Christ 
which strengthens me. He's, he's taking you back. He's taking you back to who in you. He's taking you back to who in you. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Now, notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. They, they will bless us of Paul's ministry. He said, now you Philippians also know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church, watch this, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving but you only. This is why Paul is ministering to the church at Philippi. Because they've been with him from the beginning of their ministry. That's why I had Sister Shelter to stand up. I could have had several of you in here to stand up. You got many people in here have been with us 30 years plus. You see? And they were young kids, young, not kids, but young girls when they came here. All right? Watch what it says. Now you Philippians, you know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me in giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, already talked about Macedonia. Now he said, when I was in Thessalonica, you sent once and again from, to my necessity. Isn't this something? This church took up offering to give Paul in ministry back in early ministry and also when he was in Thessalonica. Not because I needed a gift. Watch what he's talking about. Not because I needed a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound on your account. See, what happened to, what happened to the church in Philippi, God was going to meet their needs based on how they were supporting the man of God. I'm not telling you to give me nothing. That's not what this message is about. I'm just telling you that's why I allow it to happen once a year. I have to, at least once a year. All right? Now, but watch what he says. But I have all. Watch what he says. But I have all and abound. I have all and abound. I'm full. Having received a, a Papaditis. Now, this guy here, Papyrus, Papaditis, was one of his sons. The things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell. So, a Papaditis had brought the offering that they had taken up to Paul. So, Paul says, call it a sweet smelling offering. He says, a sacrificial, acceptable, well-pleasing to God. He said, look, what you sent by him has come. And says, but my God. Now, now this is what but my God came out of. Because of the church at Philippi taking care of the man of God, Paul was a tent maker. Paul was a traveler. Paul had to go preaching the gospel to all these countries, all these cities. And this church made sure he was taken care of. And he says, but my God, shall supply all of your need according to his riches in glory. And he going to do it how? How is he going to do it? Where's Christ Jesus at? That's what I'm trying to let you know. Christ in you is to take care of all of your need. That's what you got to understand. See, we, we see Christ, we see Christ, but we gotta, our mind got to be renewed. God put the creator of the universe in us. 
the one that created all things and made all things, God put him here to take care of us throughout eternity. See, God not taking care of my soul just while I'm here on earth. Thank God for that. But he's going to take care of my soul throughout eternity. Every day, seven days a week, God takes care. Do you know the Bible says his grace is renewed every morning? Do you know every morning you get up, there's a new grace and new mercy for you? Come on, thank the Lord for that. All the problems that you had yesterday, you don't have to worry about them. God gave you new grace for the day. He's going to give you new grace for tomorrow. You need to learn how to use it all up. Use all of the grace up today because you're going to get a new grace in the morning. God, that is so awesome. You hear worried about today's problem. God said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's going to take care of the things of itself. See, you didn't get what he says. He said, listen, tomorrow will take care of the things of itself. So you don't worry about tomorrow because God got grace for you tomorrow. Just like he had grace for you today. You just got to make sure you use it all up today. You don't have to hold. You know how, how, how you do food in the, in the house? I can save some of this for tomorrow. No, eat it all up. God got something for you tomorrow. Everything you're going to need for tomorrow is already put aside for tomorrow. God, I don't think you heard what I just said. God got a whole new package of grace already put aside for you for tomorrow. So when you get up tomorrow, God got a whole... Let me, let me show you that to you. I, I'm not going to worry with you no more. Let, let me show you that. How many know, how many know what that is? Let's see how well you know your Bible. Jeremiah, after Jeremiah, come Lamentation. You, 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 you go, go to Lamentation, chapter 1. Let's help some of y'all out. Don't tear the page. Lamentation chapter 1. Lamentation chapter 3. I'm in the wrong chapter. Thank you. I hear somebody, somebody over there saying it. 323, huh? Lamentation chapter 3. We're going to start verse 1. 21. Now mark in your Bible now. Lamentation chapter 3 verse 21. You got to understand you don't have to be worried about what tomorrow. This is why Jesus Christ told them don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of the things of itself. The grace you got today make sure you use that up. See that's how the body is. The body is made to heal itself. You can go to bed man. You're so tired you can't even fall across the bed. I, I mean I've never been there. Man, you'd be so tired, all you do is just fall across the bed. Wake up two or three hours and go like, huh. Well, where'd that come from? That's, you, you're already using that grace. That's what I'm telling you. That's how grace is. Use it up. Use it all up. God got grace for tomorrow. Verse 21. This I recall to mind. We're in, we in Lamentation chapter 3, verse 21. This I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. I said because his mercy fail not. What you're going through in your life, God's got you. Why? Because his mercy, his compassion will not fail you. 
You got to understand, when you be hollered by God never fail, I'm telling you what, not, what never fails is his mercy. It's his compassion. It fails not. They are new. Oh, if somebody could hear what I'm saying in here. God's mercy, God's grace, God's compassion is new every morning. I said every morning. You go to bed, you just fall across your bed. Oh my God, I ain't never been this tired before in my life. And you give the next morning and go like, ah, what happened? What happened? Where that came from? That's that grace that God had you for the next day. Hallelujah. God's grace is renewed every morning. Somebody say every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. That's what you're supposed to say because you get up every morning God gave you a new gave you a new order of grace. Gave you a whole new day of grace. You're supposed to stop and say great is thy faithfulness. How many know you're faithful? You got to know this because you've been through something. You see that man over there with that mask on behind Brother Ball over there? Both, both of them brothers been through something. Matter of fact, praise God. Well, they know now God, about God's faithfulness. I guarantee you ask Mr. Ball and also ask my, my brother behind him, Brother Gene Goodman. You won't ask that brother about God's faithfulness. You go back and ask these men, Minister Ball, and make sure, make sure you do that. And, 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 and my brother back there. Got another brother over here by the pole. See, I got some brothers here around my age. I know some of y'all are a little younger than I am, but I'm speaking to the ones that my brothers get up there over 60. I keep looking around, I see a lot of movies. <laughs> but anyway, God is faithful. Because when you go through something, Listen, it's an awesome thing when you go through something and ain't nobody can help you but God. And when you finish, nobody in the room but you, you're going to lift your hands and say, God is faithful. Come on, will you do that with me? Stand on your feet. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.